Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. It is Sunday, May 19th. Wow, that is really hard to believe. I am Liz Dolan. I am in Santa Monica, California, joined on the line with three of my sisters, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. I called you this week to check on the tornadoes in your neighborhood. You were fine, right? Glad, glad to be with you. Uh, sadly, some people sort of southwest of us really got hit badly. But yeah. we were on alert here. I had all my materials ready to go into the closet. It was a bad, those were bad storms. So, okay. but I'm here. All right. And Monica Dolan in Portland, Oregon. How's everything up there? Great. Great to be with you guys. <laughs> Great to have you. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen from Pasadena, California, the newest member of the LA Times bestseller list with her new novel, Elizabeth the First Wife. Let's, let's hear it for Leon Dolan. Thank you. Thank you. That was pretty exciting, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. First week out. That is good. Now, you're sharing this week's paperback bestseller list with some luminaries, I would say. Yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald list. When did you ever <laughs> think I would be on any list with F. Scott Fitzgerald? I know. That just makes me laugh. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, so everybody's buying the Great Gatsby? Is a joke, Leon. Your success is is fantastic. It's Thank just you very much. To see you on the list with the great Gatsby. <laughs> that's not that. That's the thing about that paperback list because my book did not come out in hardback first, so it's it's very unusual if you have an original paperback to get on the bestseller list. So I uh, and because usually it's the books that were in hardback for years and very successful and then they go to paper and that's what's on it and then this year of course there's The Great Gatsby but every once in a while you'll see like Macbeth on that list you know because like every kid in Los Angeles has to read Macbeth so um, but I think it's Satellite Sister Nationhood just coming out for you Leanne I mean it's a great book so that that's that's what happened Thank you Jewel yeah I had fun this week it felt like the tour you know the last week uh, I've done some done some events in the last 10 days. So I am fully in tour mode. Uh, I did five events in uh, four days this week. And we have one more event this afternoon. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end. Uh, Yeah. uh, Ice cream social. Yeah. So I just, it's very exciting. So that was really thrilling. Like I checked the list and it's, I go on, I come posts on like Thursday. So I checked, I'm like, oh, I'm probably not going to be there. And I scroll down really, really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> like I see who else is on the, and I had to scroll pretty far down the list to find me, but I am on it, people. So when I saw it, I was like, yes. So, and then I couldn't get to sleep because I was so excited. But, um, so it's been fantastic. Thanks to everybody who has purchased the book already and posted such great responses on the Facebook page. Many thanks to those of you who have written those Amazon reviews, those, and the Goodreads reviews, those really make a difference. And so it's been really fun, really fun. Okay, um, so but, that's your good news, but you had some bad news. Well, right? we did not win Powerball. So, Damn. anyone I, else? No. I didn't win either. Powerball losers, all of us, all of us. I, mean, we, I only had like one number too, like on four tickets. I didn't, I mean, we really felt like we lost. I actually had a conversation at work yesterday with one guy who was saying, but you know, even if you win the six hundred million, they take half of that in taxes. And I'm like, really? So you're thinking you can't get by on three hundred million? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your problem with that? And he's like, yeah, but, you know, then if you take the cash lump sum, okay, $100 million. Say you only ended up with $100 million. You can't live on that. Just people go crazy with these numbers. You know, though, it is so fun for that one instant between when you buy the ticket and when you lose uh, to imagine what it would be like to win. So last night, uh, my husband's out of town this weekend. So it was just the boys and I went out to dinner. It was really fun. I had a date with Brooks and Colin. We went to the counter and we ordered burgers. And then we started to talk about what we would do with our 300. We were fine with the tax situation, Liz. We, we okay, figured, you know, 350, we could get by on 350 million. So here's what we decided to do. First thing, you know, my family, car nuts. We were all going out to buy new cars. And Brooks was going to go buy a Porsche. I was going to buy, I like those Volkswagen GTIs that are out now. I wanted one of those like I had when I was 20. And Ooh, Colin, go crazy. Buy a VW. <laughs> and Colin wanted, yeah. the ba- Colin wanted the Batmobile. That's what he wanted. 
<laughs> and why not? You really don't have to hold back. <laughs> and then we thought, well, we're going to have to give some to our family. So I just want to state this publicly in case I win. I bought a backup ticket for Mega Millions on Tuesday, just in case I didn't win Powerball. So in case I win, we decided we would give everyone in our extended family, each family unit. So Julie, your your family consists of one family unit. Monica and Liz, you're your own family units. So you kind of make like out. Wait, no sharing. That's fair because I've got more. I don't people. care. I, I don't care what you think is fair. That's how we're going to do it. And every family unit was going to get a million. Okay. okay. And then that's it. Don't ask us for any more ever. <laughs> Even though you're sitting on the pot of $350 million, okay? Yes. Now, is that pre-tax dollars you're going to give us, Leanne? Or yeah. what? Oh, I guess post-tax dollars. I guess we could do that for you, Julie. Post-tax, you're going to come okay. away with a million bucks. I still don't think it's fair because I've got two generations. I don't care. Thing. You have three generations, and I still don't care. <laughs> I don't care. So I just wanted to announce that that's what we were going to do. And then the next step after we gave everyone a million was to just go to Hawaii for as long as we possibly could. (laughs) So so that was it. Some excellent choices. Mm -hmm. Excellent choices. Mm -hmm. So now you know. Such a great idea. Thank you, Leanne. That's so generous of you. (laughs) I know. Monica, I just kept thinking, poor Monica, she needs a new bathroom and kitchen. And that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, even little, that's all. I need a little bit more than that now after uh, I have to tell you guys, I had what can only be described as an awkward neighbor moment last week. I told Sheila about this story, but I didn't tell you guys. I, I'm going to make some jokes about it now, but I'm telling you it was not a joke when it happened. Okay. So I go to the store. Uh get some groceries this was a sunny sunday come home i come into the house i'm sitting at my desk and i hear a large noise a large crash and i think okay this is the moment when one of those giant trees in my backyard is gonna fall has fallen on my house i was sure that something had fallen on the house because (laughs) i believe i believe the house shook a little bit um So I look out in the backyard. Everything seems to be good. I have, you know, quite a jungle back there. You guys have been in my backyard. It's like small yard with large trees. Mm -hmm. So the backyard is fine. And then I look out. I think, well, maybe it was one of the big trees in the front yard. So I look out the window. And I look at my driveway. And my car is not there. (gasps) Because my car is impaled. On the neighbor's house across the street. Oh, my God. My car rolled out of my driveway, <laughs> shot across the street, <laughs> went straight into my neighbor's driveway, and smashed into their house. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I just... Awkward. Awkward. Oh. It, was, it was like, I, I just didn't know what to do. I... I <laughs> At first, I saw the picture in my head. I was like, well, maybe it just came to rest in their driveway, you know? Next to the house. Maybe just resting right next to the garage (gasps) at the house. I go over there, and I have, I've just smashed into the garage and the side of their house. And I don't know how, but they were not home at the time, which is a miracle. I mean, it it could have been so much worse. Mm-hmm. I could have hit someone. Right. You know, without even being in the car. I don't I, I don't. Yeah, know. because your driveway is on an incline. So if your brake failed or whatever happened, your, your car could get up ahead of steam backing out of the driveway by itself. Yes, I've been studying this. My car is on a down, my driveway is on a downward slope. And theirs is also on a downward slope sort of into their garage uh-huh. and so apparently the alignment on my car is pretty good because it just <laughs> shot straight across the street. there's the silver lining oh. was your car running monica did you leave your car running no or? my car was not running julie i came in and i forgot to set i have a manual transmission car yeah. and i forgot to put the parking brake on which is the first time in my life I think that has ever happened. But it only takes once for you to hit a house. And, you know, you read all those stories about people that drive into people's houses yeah. and end yeah. up in the living room, and you think, how could that happen? Well, I am 
here to tell you this is how it happens. So what do you do in that situation? First of all, I pulled my car off the house and there was no damage to my car. Like the the taillight didn't even break. But I have really, you know, whacked the side of their house and like pulled the siding off and bent the garage door. Oh, they're expensive. Oh, it was awful. So I just can't believe they weren't home at the time because they parked both of their cars in their driveway. Oh, Oh. so you could have smashed both of their cars. I could have smashed both of their cars. And as my neighbor Larry reminded me, another six inches, I could have gone straight into their garage, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) taken out like the hot water heater. (laughs) Yeah, actually, of all those options, siding on the house is probably the cheapest thing to hit. Right, but I mean, I I pulled the house, kind of moved off the foundation a little bit. Oh my god! <laughs> I have to say, so I get my car. I, I'm so embarrassed, and I'm just so anxious. So I write this giant note in giant letters, and I hang it on their door. I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm sorry, my car hit your house. Please call me. <laughs> I'll pay for the damages. And they came home from, they had been at like their son's soccer game and they came home and he said he first, he didn't see the note, but he was looking at the side of the house. He was thinking, well, how did that happen? Like you just went to a soccer game. So thank goodness. My neighbors are very gracious, very friendly. I ran right over there when they came home and told them what happened and, you know, I mean, I made jokes about, you know, at least I missed the shrubbery that you just put in this year. Good and... joke. Yeah, that's good. Softens it. It softens the message. Softens did they laugh at your jokes, Monica? <laughs> and yes, he did. He was very, very nice. He said, you know, we wanted a new garage door anyway. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> nice. Which was really nice of him. But it wasn't just a garage door. I mean, I bent the whole frame of the garage. So I... I just, I didn't know what to do. I said, of course, I'll pay for it. So I go home, back in my house, and I Googled, what do you do when you hit a house with your car? Right. <laughs> and there were a lot of answers. <laughs> so this has Even, happened before. If you did, it didn't uh, occur to you to just call your insurance agent? No, you would, no. Okay, okay. Well, I, I didn't well, know. What, what covers you, that? Is it your auto insurance or your yes, homeowner's yes. insurance? So I found out. So your your liability insurance covers when you hit stationary objects, like buildings and stop signs. And, you know, in this case, my the neighbor's, neighbor's house. house. Yeah. Yeah. So I call I called the insurance agent and I told her what happened and you know she took this whole report. She said, Well, were you in the vehicle at the time? And I was like, No, I was not. <laughs> it was just going on its own, crashing into my neighbor's house. So she said, Well, was there a small amount of damage or a large amount of damage? And I said, It was somewhere in between, small and large. It was a medium medium amount of damage she said oh well a little bit of the siding got dented I said no the whole frame of the garage door and of course when I was standing over there standing in the driveway with my neighbor looking at it my neighbor Larry came over and Larry's got a million stories and Larry just was like he was off he told me about the time his car popped out of gear and it went down his driveway, down the street, through a neighbor's fence, into a ravine, and it was still running when he found it. <laughs> wow. This tangle of blackberries. And then he told me he saw once a fully loaded dump truck bat, just lose its traction or brakes or whatever and just, like, sail down this hill, smash into a house. It went right into the garage, and he told me a Mercedes-Benz popped out the other side (laughs) (laughs) gotta love larry gotta love larry he's trying to make me feel better he said at least the house stopped it he said otherwise you could have just crashed right through their fence like and landed in someone's backyard and your car really could have been wrecked um so it's just it's very embarrassing for me (laughs) (laughs) 
So I don't even, I don't even know what we'll say. Did it say you should make a, a like a cherry cobbler to take over to yeah. the table? That's exactly what I did with the large note. I didn't I just didn't know what to do. And they kept saying, Don't worry, we'll take care of it. But of course it's terribly inconvenient for them to have to have a contractor out and fix the house. So I called the insurance agency on Monday when I got to work reported it and Monday night the insurance adjuster came out and I just sat in my house lowered all of the curtains yeah, and that's good. it was so humiliating I mean I just feel like I'm always going to be like the neighbor lady that drove her car into the neighbor's house which I am I just I just don't every, I, every time you drive by that house you're going to think I built that garage door <laughs> yeah. exactly they're pretty excited about getting a new garage door. Yeah, I bet they are. I mean, they're not I, cheap, but uh, yeah, I bet. I, You know what, Monica? Any excuse for home improvement. I think there is a very positive spin <laughs> you can put on this. Thank you, Liam. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and I, at least, I mean, I just keep thinking about how much worse it could have been. Right. You know, one time I was, I had a stick shift. Actually, it was my little Volkswagen when I first moved to California, and I had, uh, I guess, not put the brake on, and I had gone into a yard sale. And I came out and I was like, where is my car? And I look like a quarter mile away. And my little red rabbit was just sitting in the middle of a major intersection. (laughs) (laughs) People were like slowly driving around it. (laughs) I just just had to like slowly walk up to the car, get in, start it and drive off. Like. Just as if nothing was as out of the ordinary. This was a perfectly normal parking spot. Um, and you know what? Every time I go through that intersection, I laugh. I think about it. It's one of the boys' favorite stories. I just, it makes me laugh every time. So, see, someday, Monica, this will all seem funny. And, Monica, there was no nudity involved. Yeah. I think you, when you said it was an awkward neighborly moment, I, I mean, I thought for sure there was going to be nudity involved. Yeah. But so it seems like everybody had their clothes on for this. Yes, incident. they did. Just, you know. Driving into someone's house is not a good thing. Yeah. So just, oh, anyways. I, well, I think it gives you like a, you know, a, a brand now in your own neighborhood to be this, <laughs> this slightly crazy lady. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's, you know, people will smile when they see you. I think uh, I was installing like a speed bump at the bottom of my driveway. <laughs> something to just stop. The movement of the car, or should this ever happen again? I just, you know, thank goodness it wasn't like in the middle of the night when they were asleep right. and I crashed all their cars. And then and, there would have been nudity, you know? So that's. <laughs> You're right, Julie. Well, when you said you had an awkward neighbor uh, moment this week, I had an awkward work moment. But you're right. Not nearly as as awkward as what you did. But I did the dumbest thing at work the other day. And um, so here's the scenario. So, you know, where I work, it's on a big movie lot in West Los Angeles. But I've been temporarily moved out of my office, out of my building and off the lot over across town into a temporary office because they're renovating the floor that I was on. But I needed to be on the lot all day Thursday because I was doing various meetings there. And in the middle of the day, I had to have a conference call with people at National Geographic in Washington, D.C. So I thought, you know, I'll just go into my boss David's office. I know he's not going to be there because he left the company m- months ago and they haven't, they haven't put anyone in his office. I just, I'll just sneak into David's office, shut the door, take my conference call and then leave and nobody will be the wiser. So, and you guys have seen that physical setup there, right? So it'd be pretty easy to go into that office and for nobody to know you're there mm-hmm. because it's on the big super duper senior executive floor. And, um, and my past still gets me in there. So I go in and I sit down at the desk and I'm getting myself organized. And I remember that David had a button under his desk where you just hit the button and the door, the office door closed automatically. So say you're having a conversation with what? someone. Yes. This is what super duper executives have in their office. Oh, I need one of those. <laughs> I need oh, it to close your car. Lock. 
to close a gate at the bottom of your driveway, maybe. <laughs> Something like that could work. If you happen to be looking out the window, boom, hit, hit the button. So I thought, I thought I'll just, I'll hit the button, close the door, take the call, fine, and then I'll sneak out. So I hit the button and nothing happens. So then I look around and I was like, oh, it must be that, the other button. So I hit the other button oh, and the, oh, door, and the oh, door closes. I know. So you, maybe you can sense where this is going uh-huh. again. Super duper executive office. So I'm dialing into my conference call. As soon as I get on the speakerphone with a room full of people in Washington, D.C., like five armed guards <laughs> come barreling <laughs> into the office. Like, I mean, bust through the door. Didn't break it down. Actually turned it. Apparently what I hit was the panic button that in all of these fancy super duper executive offices now, they have like silent alarms. Wow. So if, if there should be any kind of a situation where they needed security, they can just hit the button. Well, I did not know that that yeah. button was there. I was just looking for the fun, close the door button. Yeah. So then, then I'm like, so then I have to prove who I am. Meanwhile, everyone on the speakerphone in Washington, D.C. is like, what is going on there? It's like, I cannot explain to you what is going on here. I'm sorry. I had to put all of those people on mute. And, um, and oh, yeah, I, you had some explaining to do. I did. I'm you fumbling think? in my purse to come up with some. They don't know who I am. Yeah, I'm right. clearly not David Haslingdon. Yes. Yeah. Be, be in this office. And uh, so as I'm fumbling to try to find my ID, luckily, Edwin, the guy on the floor who's like, who does everything for everyone, like makes the coffee, delivers your packages. Edwin comes in because he hears all the hubbub of the the SWAT team arriving in the office. And luckily, he could vouch for my identity. So thank goodness the coffee guy knew me. So then the SWAT team could kind of back away and just remind me that I probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. And, uh, so they have funny. your picture up in their security <laughs> office. Yes. Oh. And here's the best part, Julie. But I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that occasionally uses this empty office, right? It's just what people do what they need to do when they're traveling. So about half an hour later, still on the conference call, a maintenance guy comes in. And again, I had to put the call on mute. He's like, I'm just going to fix the button. I'm like, okay. And he comes, and he just takes, literally just takes a piece of tape, puts, puts it over the button, and leaves the office and shuts the door. That's the fix. So, so now nobody else can push the secret button. And uh, and you're right. I'm, my photo is probably on a security wall somewhere, like, watch out for this woman who sneaks into executive offices. Okay, just, so. Yeah, office right. squatter. So two out of the five um, Dolan sisters are now technically crazy ladies. You, yeah. know, you understand? <laughs> both, have, both you and Monica have like you have your own branding going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, it makes me laugh every time I think of it. Already. All right. Well, I'm glad you got out of there alive. Um, but speaking of awkwardness, how about some of that international awkwardness that went on this week? I, I know you saw the story of the young junior diplomat, the U.S. Uh, diplomat Ryan Fogel, who got arrested in Russia. Did you see that? I well, of course, that. Julie, when I saw it go across the crawl, I immediately thought of all those friends of yours we met in Russia. I thought, <laughs> we're going to know this person. going to be one of, someone you knew, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, okay, let, the backstory, of course, is that I lived in Russia for four and a half years, and uh, I lived in Moscow, and, and Leon and Monica and Liz did come to visit me in Moscow, so they, they were aware of the situation over there. But it really was a choice photograph and videos of this young uh, diplomat. They had him on the ground with this very bad-looking yellow wig. It yes. wasn't even blonde hair. It was like you know, like yellow, yellow hair. And uh, they also um, found in his possession some sunglasses, a a large amount of cash, um, a letter promising to pay up to a million dollars to some Russian official who works in the Caucasus region, you know, uh, you know, that's in the Dagestan, Chechnya region. I was surprised that they did not uh, find his get smart shoe phone and <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that they. Un- <laughs> 
And you know, what's amazing about this is that, you know, that usually when, first of all, Russia and Moscow, it, it's it's spy central there. Let's let's just be clear about that. There are a lot of spies in, in Moscow. And in fact, the country is run by a spy, former right. spy. <laughs> That's right. Putin was he was a KGB officer, right? Right. He was a member of KGB or FSB. Yes. Um, stationed in East Berlin. So, yes, it, the country is run by spies. So it's spy versus spy all the time. So we have our spies over there. They have their spies over there. And, you know, even though the Cold War is over, there's still a lot of spying going on. So I have no doubt that young uh, Ryan Fogel is was probably some some kind of spy for the United States, perhaps. But I don't th- I, I certainly don't believe, you know, that, you know, the pictures that you see with all the <laughs> fake spy stuff, you know, I mean, that was really. And so why would they do that? Usually when spies are caught, they, you know, they're quietly left, you know, ushered out of the country or before something's going to be in the press. You know, like a couple of years ago, there was a British spy and he had a fake rock. Do you remember that? There was a there was another, you know, sort of setup like this. But I think, you know, again, I think Russia was just trying to embarrass the United States, you know, by having this very public display of a low level and obviously not talented spy. <laughs> yeah. The spy craft level was very low. <laughs> It was, uh, those disguises were pretty weak. I mean, yeah. uh, he needs Nothing, to nothing's watching the Americans. Swearing on the Americans. Right, Monica? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that you can be much, much higher level. I mean, but, but, you know, this was, we're in negotiations with the Russians right now, with Syria, and, you know, maybe they just wanted to sort of reset things um, to, you know, to make sure that America, you know, we didn't think... It was just an opportunity to embarrass America. And I think that, you know, there's it's reported in a lot of the American language uh, Russian papers like the Moscow Times that there's a lot more anti-Americanism going on in Russia because things are a little tougher for Putin now. He's not quite as popular as he used to be. I mean, there are more public demonstrations against him. And so to be, you know, to have to feed the sort of anti-Americanism themes, I mean, that works to his advantage. But I I mean, I I just don't think that Russians were really going to believe that this guy was a spy. You know, I mean, (laughs) at least not an effective spy. (laughs) Yeah, he's not really a threat to them. No, no, I get that threat. It was there's very little chance that that guy in the yellow wig is going to get in. You know, with with some crafty Russian, you know, he's not going to be able to turn many double agents. Yeah. But <laughs> hey, Julie, I had another international story. Um, you are our official royal watcher. Yes, and, I am. You know, Prince Harry was here this week. And I, yes. I'm just trying to understand, like, why people love Prince Harry so much. I mean, I get it. He seems like a charming guy. But it just seems like of all the people in the world... Prince Harry just gets this gigantic pass, you know, like last year when he was here, there were photos of him like naked in a hotel room with multiple people. And this year he's at the White House. I just (laughs) just don't playing playing polo in Greenwich. Yeah. Touring, touring New Jersey with Chris Christie. I just I it's just it's unbelievable to me. Like and, you know, oh, once time he was wearing a Nazi costume and oh, yeah, there he is playing polo. I mean, I just it's unbelievable to me that he gets this gigantic free pass. Why do you think that is Royal Watcher? Once again, royalty is ridiculous. But this is the thing people buy into it. So just the fact that he's in line to be king, even though it's, you know, he's way down the list. Uh, and uh, he would obviously probably not be very well prepared to be the king. I mean, I just, people people want to be around that, Leon. They, you know, they, they you know, he's he's a prince, Leon. That's, that's it. I guess it's the whole point of being a prince, right? Yeah. It's just like you're you're just always the prince. No, whether you behave well or badly, you're still a prince. Just, you, can't, you can't get fired. Yeah. yeah. It is just fantastic, though, to see. Like, he milks and, every inch of it. I, and, you know, here's the thing. You know, in talks about we've been talking about awkwardness and embarrassment. He seems to just be able to roll with the punches. Yes. Now, does, you know, it's not, it's not like he's ashamed to come back to America, given his photos. You know, he just goes on with it because, again, he's a prince. That's a good point. That's a good <laughs> point. Maybe they secretly believe 
everyone in America has naked photos taken of them in Las Vegas. You know, <laughs> it could just be that. Like, there's just no shame in that because you wouldn't have to watch much American television to conclude that everyone in America has done that at some point. And, and actually, it's been a career boost for those <laughs> for those people who have actually let them go public. It seems to be a launching pad for their spectacular media career. Yes. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leon. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good, and the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. You imagine you're third in line to the, the throne, which means it's a long shot. You got to have something to do. So, you know, come and make a fortune in America or at least be super popular in America. I can see why, uh, you know, why they try that at least once or twice. And I think I think most families have members, you know, there's a member in their family that, you know, uh, that wild card. 
Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I think every family has wild cards, so they can, we can be accepting of that, don't you think, a little? And remember, he also, like, flies Apache helicopters and things, too, so. And and I know, that's, it's crazy. I mean, he just can get away with everything, Liz. He's flying helicopters, he's naked, he's playing polo, he's fine. I just, he's fine. Just, he does, when I saw him at the White House, I was surprised. Oh, okay. Um, all right. I did want to provide an update on uh, several of our uh, of our favorite people. First of all, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show, I was in New York last weekend, and I got tickets to see the Nora Ephron play Lucky Guy on Broadway with Tom Hanks. And I just got to say, it made me miss Nora Ephron so much. Oh. It's just, it is a, a really, really interesting I don't want to say fun, but very dynamic play about a, a tabloid journalist in New York, a guy named Mike McAlary. So it's the true story of his life. And he was just one of those sort of successors to Jimmy Breslin in the New York tabloid world. So it's about his actual career. So based on things that happened in his life, the big news stories he broke, and um, and, and obviously Tom Hanks plays Mike McAlary. But uh, and at the end of the play, uh, Mike McAlary, just spoiler alert, um, dies of cancer. And so to sit there and know that before the play even debuted on Broadway, um, Nora Ephron herself had died. It, it, it made me very sad at the end. But yeah. it, it was a it was a fantastic play. And it was funny, like that morning, I happened to be watching CBS Sunday morning, and they did an interview with Tom Hanks talking about uh, this play. And he said originally Nora Ephron had come to him uh, with the script as a movie. And he refused to do it as a movie. He said no way because he didn't want to do anything that would in any way uh, put tabloid journalists in a positive light. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. It was very interesting. Yes, he didn't want to glorify what the tabloids do in any way. So even though this guy was an interesting guy and had broken all sorts of major stories about police corruption and things that were meaningful, he's like, no way, I am not doing this as a movie. I refuse. And then she went back and rewrote it as a play and for whatever reason, he reacted differently to it then. And uh, anyway, so it was it was a lot of fun. I recommend it if you're in New York. It is adult material, so it's not the let's take the kids to a matinee kind of show. Um, but it's, you know, it begins and ends with uh, Irish drinking songs, and there's a lot of drama in between. So, you know, you can, you, can, you can imagine it. But then the highlight, the drama for me, is because I had said on the show a couple weeks before that I was going to be at this particular performance of the play, longtime Satellite Sister listener Pat from Minneapolis heard me say that she was going to be there, then posted on her Facebook page that she was going to be there too. So not only were we at the same performance, performance she was literally the row behind me like <laughs> like didn't you have a seat with only partial viewing? yes yes yeah. so so I had what was like the worst box seat in the house and she was in the row like right behind that that was actually on the balcony so she had better seats than I did but we could like reach out and touch each other from where we were. <laughs> It's just, it's a small world, Liz. It is really a small world. So, so I got a chance to meet you, Pat, which was a lot of fun and your husband. And then because she's in, you know, friends on Facebook, it looked like you had a really fun few days in New York. Uh, Every place you had breakfast, lunch, and dinner seemed like good choices. (laughs) Anyway, it was just fun. So I did post uh, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you are still not a member of our Facebook group, here's why you would want to be, because you will see a picture of me and Pat standing in front of the theater together so. yeah it was a cute picture <laughs> so i met pat a- in minneapolis so i think two out of the five satellite sisters have met pat in person now so that's pat that's- needs, pat's gonna start showing up in places <laughs> <laughs> it's okay pat <laughs> she's not threatening <laughs> oh so that was on your book tour Leon? uh yes when i went to yeah. minneapolis yeah, yeah two years yeah. ago yeah. yep yeah We've, yep. we've met several longtime Satellite Sister listeners. I was out for the start of your book tour in Pasadena, right, Leanne? Yes, and that was fun. Long-time listeners, 
came to your book reading, which was just great to meet meet people. And we had a great crowd and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I had Hillary yesterday drove up from Orange County to come to a book signing at Barnes and Noble. And so it was really fun. She'd been a longtime Satellite Sister listener. It was fun to meet Hillary. Thank you for coming, Hillary, because you were pretty much the crowd. So <laughs> things oh, really no. things really dropped off, Hillary, after you left. <laughs> well, I'm hoping we can do better for you this afternoon in Brentwood. So the uh, yeah today's activity 3 p.m. at the Diesel Bookstore at the Brentwood Country Mart. I think it's going to be fun. And I did a drive by yesterday. I I sent Lee in the pictures. It's an adorable bookstore. Your book was on display. That's uh, and you know we're serving ice cream sandwiches and ice cream pops. I think it will be fun. Yeah, I am going to bring like a freezer bag to bring a few home for the boys. They're not coming because it's yeah. a small bookstore and they're large. And I said, you're just going to take up too much space. No. <laughs> right. Okay. I, you're my family. Uh, I, I need to actually sell books to real people. So, um, <laughs> and, and Sheila will be there this afternoon too. She couldn't make it on the show this morning, but she will be there this afternoon. And she had emailed me about a lot of the material that she's worked up. And uh, as I, I know, was, I was like, get your own book tour. I know. And because that's what I was thinking, Leanne, it's largely about her. And, and, like, how is this a setup for Leanne? But it's mainly about, it's about her life in Brentwood. Like, things. <laughs> I'm sure that somehow she'll make the pivot, as they say, uh, now to have it somehow turn out to be about you. But I'm very curious to hear what she yeah. has to say. I know she she told me like some est time estimates. I was like, what what? This isn't you know, you don't get a whole set before my set. One, her one woman show. Yeah. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? Yeah. That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we... We love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going, oh. like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. 
Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. Your youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed, so it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Uh, Julie, Julie, how long were your remarks at uh, Romans? I, I thought mine were short and pithy and to the point, Leanne. Perfect. Didn't I, didn't, I, I, yes. It was um, the perfect setup. Yeah, Julie did a whole, she had like a three-part thing. She had, it was it was very well constructed. And it was all about me, which I appreciated. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I got off the stage quickly. And yes. I didn't say anything else. Right, Leanne? No, right. she didn't that even was... come up for Q&A. I sort of gestured, but really, the, and so she was, and she was in the back manning having private discussions she was available to people who wanted to talk to her and many people did so it was a perfect it was the perfect accoutrement and monica will be doing the same in uh we we've just booked we're booked in in sun river monica you and yes, i I'm and excited julie. about that julie could you send me those notes yeah <laughs> I, I could. you can use the exact same speech yes i Three will parts. i'm, I'm okay. imagining that okay so, yeah, so I am curious to hear what Sheila says. I, I'm she's probably not here because she's getting hair and makeup. Is my guess. <laughs> so. uh, all right. So, so Leon, if people want to be as helpful as they possibly can be to you, they should a. Like buy the book. It's out in ebook too, right? There's a Kindle version. Or yes, a there's a Kindle. There's an iBook. There's a there's a Nook version. So yes, it's available in all all versions, trade paper and all e versions. Um, you know, people have been so nice about posting recommendations on their Facebook page. Um, again, those Amazon reviews are hugely helpful, as are the Goodread reviews, and people have been doing that spontaneously. So I can't thank you enough because. The advertising budget for most novels is word of mouth. That's it. That's <laughs> that's your advertising budget. So, and then to like me, like my author page on Facebook, it will be, it, that's great. And I can keep you informed. And also we are doing a great sweepstakes. So I wanted to mention the summer with Shakespeare sweepstakes. And there's a link on my Facebook author page. You can win three nights in Ashland, Oregon two Shakespearean plays and a fantastic dinner at Lark's at the beautiful Ashland Springs Hotel. We, the publishers put together a great package. And so all you have to do is go to the Facebook page and click through. You'll see a, on the, if you look up on the sort of the nav bar there, you'll see summer with Shakespeare and click that. It does require you to give your email address. That's how it works, people. I can't help that. So, uh, but yeah, nothing. That's else. how they have to tell you if you want. Yes, right? yes. It's not. It's not a plot <laughs> to steal your private information. It's. <laughs> so, um, but uh, and you know, just recommending the book to your friends instead of loaning it to your friends—that's helpful too. <laughs> yes. You know, speaking of like the small world stories, Leon. You know that the other night, uh, Friday night, I went out to dinner with my friend Joe Pollard, who was visiting from Australia. And so she and I were having dinner, and she told me how two nights before, she was here for some board meeting for some company that she's on the board of. She was seated next to someone at dinner who said that she lived in Pasadena. So, you know, Joe doesn't know much about Pasadena, but she has 
read the book, the ultimate book about Pasadena. So she said to this woman who she did not know, oh, you're from Pasadena. Have you ever read Helen of Pasadena? (laughs) Because I had given Joe copies of Helen of Pasadena two years ago when it came out. And this woman turned out to be apparently a very close friend of yours. Yes, she is. Yeah, she told me a whole story on Facebook. It really was a small world. She was there because her husband was also involved in it. And, you know, I'm sure she gets dragged to a lot of these dinners. So she was, first of all, grateful to be sitting next to a nice person to talk to. And then, like, they, yes, they totally connected. So it was a small, it was a small world. And it happened to be my friend's birthday, too. So that's nice. (laughs) So it seems like the moral of the story is to better read your book. Yes, it's good to have, yes, read my book and you'll have something to talk about at dinner. Excellent, Julie. So I sent Joe home with three copies of Elizabeth the First Wife so she can start, like, spreading the word in Sydney. Well, then- as I keep saying to the several Australians, uh, there is an Australian in the book. So uh, oh, there yes. was oh, an Australian right. woman at my speech the other night. She, she said, oh, I'm from Australia. I go, you'll enjoy the book. There's an Australian in it. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to reach out to an international audience of Australians. <laughs> no, I'm very excited about this afternoon, Liz. That will be fun. You know, these events are kind of nerve-wracking. Like, Julie's – I was pretty much a wreck the day Julie was here. I was just super tense. And, uh, you know, you do every time before these events start, you think no one's going to show up. I mean, just – like yesterday, no one showed up. But it didn't matter. You know, I'd had some BAFO events last week. But you do have that feeling like no one's going to show up. This is going to be bad. You know, you, know, you stayed in the car. You wanted me to go in, check right. out the crowd first. <laughs> I probably should say that. But Julie did so some recon. Liz, Liz, if you can't find Leon this afternoon, just check in the parking lot. That's uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, one other note on, on attendees this afternoon. Our original Satellite Sisters producer of the radio show, Corny Cole, she's coming in for the event this afternoon. Fantastic. So that will be fun. So yes. for those of you that members of the Satellite Sisterhood who are there, if you've always wanted to meet Corny Cole, once Sheila stops talking, you can no. meet Corny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we're good here, girls. Everybody we are good to go. I All think right? we are. I think we are. Yeah, thank you. That This was fun. Hey, good talking to you guys. <laughs> should get together more often. <laughs> this was fun. So we are the Satellite Sisters, and don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. I'm Leon Dolan of the Satellite Sisters, and I invite you to spend your summer with Shakespeare. That's right, two opportunities to spend a little time with the bard in your bikini. First off, my book, Elizabeth the First Wife. It's just out now, and it's the story of Elizabeth Lancaster, a Shakespeare professor at Pasadena City College, who gets involved again with her ex-husband, F.X. Fahey, a famous movie actor who wants to stage an avant-garde production of A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. The two go off to Ashland, Oregon, and chaos, hilarity, romance ensues. Now you have your chance to win your own historic Shakespearean weekend in Ashland, Oregon. That's right. Thanks to our sponsors, the Ashland Springs Hotel, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and Prospect Park Books, we are giving away a fantastic prize, a weekend for two in Ashland, Oregon in August. You get three nights at the beautifully restored Ashland Springs Hotel. It's in the book, and it's in downtown Ashland. Perfect for dinner for two at their award-winning Lark's Restaurant and just a stone's throw from the beautiful theaters of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Well, you'll be treated to not one but two Shakespearean classics, A Midsummer Night's Dream and The Taming of the Shrew. And just in case you haven't read Elizabeth the First Wife by the time you end up in Ashland, I'm going to throw in a personally signed copy of my book. I know you're going to want to enter for your chance to experience Ashland through the eyes of Elizabeth Lancaster, but don't delay. Spear on it and it says, click here to enter the Summer with Shakespeare sweepstakes. Thanks to the Ashland Springs Hotel, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and Prospect Park Books for making Summer with Shakespeare possible. (laughs) 